Don't look now, but they're in second place in the ACC and within striking distance of the top-ranked North Carolina Tar Heels. And multiple truths can exist in lieu of the Virginia Cavaliers' absolute waxing of the Miami Hurricanes last night. That was a demolition. We don't have the infamous Martin Truex Jr. sound bite from Darlington in 2021, spring of 2021, if that's a you-know-what-weapon boys right there. But it's what it was for Virginia. They controlled that game last night from start to finish. For the most part, start to finish. They actually fell down in the early going 7-2. to And then Virginia locked down defensively. And none of this is really aesthetically appealing in a lot of cases. I mean, if you look at Virginia's performances recently, it's gotten back to vintage Virginia Cavalier basketball. There were 98 total points scored in that game. Two weeks ago, they beat North Carolina State in a game that reached, neither team reached the 60-point mark, and it went to overtime. It was 18 points under the projected point total with five extra minutes in the game. But that's what Virginia does well. At this point, people talk about it being a resume booster. I thought Tony Bennett handled that question as diplomatically as you could have expected last night when he had this to say. Yeah, we well, better it's learn just to be unoffendable. News, so good opportunity to play. We talked about that probably four games ago. Look, we're trying to find. Try that again. It was just we knew it was a good opportunity to play. We talked about that probably four games ago. Look, we're trying to find ourselves in a spot where we have a chance to be considered at the end of the year. So every game's important. You know, are they must wins? I don't know, but just show up and play like there's no tomorrow. And um, you know, as far as I didn't talk about resume, we just say. Come ready, come to play. It's an important game and play with great unity, and that's what they did. Part of the reason Virginia's also had that message is, let's be honest, when they lost their third straight ACC Saturday road game, they had the loss at um, at Notre Dame, then the loss at NC State, and then the one that I saw a month or so ago, a little less than a month ago, down in Winston-Salem against Wake Forest. But at that point, people were wondering, was this a team that would make the tournament? Was this a team that would ever win a road game? In the ACC. Check that. They haven't lost a game since that point. I mean, seriously, they haven't. And they'll get a chance at getting revenge against Wake Forest next Saturday, a game that I'll be fortunate enough to cover, good Lord willing, for the Virginia Talk Radio Network and here in the Fast Lane. But Virginia right now, they're 18-5 and and they're 9-3 and in the ACC. And I get this conference is mediocre. And there are two teams that are are teams that you should surely have in the NCAA tournament picture. Duke's deficiencies aside against North Carolina, they're still the second best team by most accounts in the ACC behind the Heels, who look like a top five team. They are according to the rankings. Oddly enough, they're not according to the betting market. I I still think there's value. I got them at 20 to 1 about a week ago. They're still available like 15 to 1. And I would go for that if you haven't already bet on that, if you're a betting person. But. For Virginia right now, they're the next best team in the ACC. And you want to talk about which other teams deserve to go to the big dance. Right now, the Virginia Cavaliers are the team that is third in that discussion. They've literally taken care of business against pretty much everybody else on that list that could possibly be a tournament caliber team. They destroyed Miami last night, 60-38. to They've already beaten Virginia Tech. Again, much like Miami, that game was at home. Granted, their wins against Wake Forest and NC State are at home, but they do have the road victory at Clemson this past weekend on their resume. By the hair of their chinny-chin-chin, yes. Uh, one where you can sit there and say, okay, 
what we've seen out of Virginia is good enough to get them in the tournament. Uh, it, it still raises major questions about whether they're a team that can actually make a run in March. But right now, this is a good Virginia team. And they're doing something that other teams just aren't doing in the ACC. And that is they're taking care of business, and they've fallen into this habit of avoiding the bad loss. I mean, how often have we mentioned you need to be opportunistic? Virginia Tech, they failed to do that recently. But you also just have to go out there and not screw this thing up. And if there's ever anything vintage Tony Bennett, play good defense, communicate, pass the ball offensively, find an open shot. As much as that may be painful to find, it sets you up to be in a spot where it's legitimate enough that you can ask the question, and this is somewhat of an insult to Virginia fans, but it's also something that's very reasonable, and that is, was it really good Virginia defense last night? Or was it really bad Miami offense? Or maybe a blend of both? Some nights you don't have your shot. They were off, you you know, and we were just trying to focus as hard and as well as we could on making them earn, making them earn. Because I've seen them make tough shots. I've seen, what, I've seen what Pac has done in the second half of his last two games. But Reese really took the challenge to try to be there and bother or contest every shot. And we, you know, we started with not letting them get going in transition and then just had that mindset. And, you know, you have to guard a lot of things against them. And, um, you know, hopefully it was a combination or the result of the offense moving and playing well, again, with the defense. That, that's hard sometimes when you get down like that and you're trying different things. But I like that our guys came out with the right mindset in the second half. Tony Bennett, of course, highlighting that. But a lot of it's also, I mean, what can you control when you got Jim Laranega, whose press conference literally was this? Like, literally that. Like, he came in and they asked him about the game and, you know, having the early lead and when it turned and he said, well, we had the early lead and then Virginia took over. And then he walked out. He was that exasperated. You saw him last night if you watched the game. Where Miami is in the huddle and the players are communicating because they had done so little of that on the court. Jim Laranega, just he and his staff just decided to check out. Which I think is hilarious because in this era of player empowerment, in this era where players get paid, and again, I have no issue with the concept of name, image, and likeness in its intent, which is endorsement deals, and its reality, which is kind of how Miami has used it. Let's call a spade a spade here, where it's basically giving guys as many dollar, dollar bills, y'all, as possible to get them to come to you and play for you. Okay, you want to act like that and you want to have all the power? Let's do it like an NBA team, except no NBA coach has the you-know-what to sit there and just say, all right, players, you're not listening to me. I'm going to check out of this, and I'm going to let you guys draw up the plays. The coach would be fired, but then again, sometimes I think it'd be a great way to go out. At least you'd expose how a lot of those guys dictate who the coach is behind the scenes. Now they'd have to at least handle the coaching in front of everybody, which would be, again, to me, rather amusing. But Virginia, they're not that way. And right now, that's what they've done is play good basketball. And they've done things that are hard to do. Yes, it's reasonable to say their upside is limited. I I, I mean, truthfully, I could... As bad as Virginia's interior defense has been for much of the year, they figured a chunk of that out. I think matchup-wise, they actually have the athleticism to handle Purdue. I am just not in the camp of people who believe Purdue can win an NCAA championship. I just sense and see limited overall athleticism. I get it. They you are- can't trust them. In- they play a style like all the Big Ten where it's slow and... Slow just- plotting without the athlete. At least Virginia's got a- an NBA lottery pick on their team. I mean, like, am I wrong, Trey? Like, criticize Virginia all you want. Ryan Dunn, if you looked at mock drafts right now, is a projected top 15 pick in the draft. Yeah, a bad draft, but yeah. But you don't see anybody from a lot of these Big Ten programs that are in that category. Reese Beekman's a guy that most people think will be a— Yeah, not a Purdue. Well, like, it all comes down to shooting for Purdue, and their shooting has been a lot better this year, but I'm still picking. Like, if I had to pick a national champion right now, 
I'm picking either UConn or North Carolina. I mean, to me, and I, I told you I have the future on North Carolina. To me, it's UConn right now. I mean, they first of all, they beat Carolina earlier this year. They've got a lot of guys who returned from the championship team last year. Also, and they might have the best coach in the country as we stand right now. I don't dispute that. I, I mean, I know Bill Self did a great job at Kansas, but Dan Hurley is as underrated as it gets. He's got a national title, and I, I think we all have reason to believe he'll have more at UConn. By the way, the Big East, everyone talks about the Big Ten being this great basketball conference. Isn't the Big East Big just East a, is really good. I was like, isn't the Big East just a more athletic version of the Big Ten? I was going to say, and their focus is is basketball. Like, what? that's all they got. Well, they got the other stuff, but, like, they're not a football conference. No, anymore. I mean, they have schools like Villanova that have football, but it's not a major revenue-producing sport the way it is in other conferences. The SEC has a lot of athleticism, and they've got decent coaching in a lot of spots, but, I mean, they, the Big Ten, has always struggled outside of those old Michigan teams with John Beeline to actually make it deep. Big Ten is skilled basketball, but it's not athletic. Big East is athletic and tough and skilled. But anyway, I digress off that point. Virginia has got a lot of that right now. And again, I'm not getting carried away here. They're a top team in the ACC. Bracket could break their way. They can make a run to the second week. And I mean, who knows? Maybe you get to the Final Four because you're playing a team like a St. Well, Francis in the Elite Eight and all say, of a sudden you get to the Final Four. I was going to say, the Purdue had the most successes when they had Carson, what's it? Edwards. What's it? Yeah. Who, who had that could, flamethrower against Virginia. Yeah, like that's what they need. It, it comes down to their guard play, and they just can't rely. Like Zach Eady, who will probably win player of the year again, whether you agree with that or not, is going to uh, basically, like, it, it will come down to their guards. And I will say Purdue's guards are better. Like, I, if, if I had to pick which Purdue team would more likely win a national title this year or last year, and I know we're saying with hindsight, but Purdue was a one seed last year and had the player of the year. They're going to be probably a one seed and have the player of the year. I picked this team as it as it constru- as it it was constructed. Well, of course, you got an extra year of Zach Eady. He is very good. But it's not because of Zach Eady. Zach Eady will be Zach Eady. They do have other guys that can they, at least shoot. Their guards are a lot better and they can shoot a lot better. Correct. I just I don't know if they can create the same way that other elite programs can. But it, it goes back to the Virginia point. Okay, they're solid. And, and it's obvious they're not spectacular. Is that not better than most of the teams we're getting in college basketball right now? I mean, let's be honest, a lot of us just don't screw it up. And Virginia, I mean, let's be honest, they got a coach who's mastered that part. The 3 and D concept. They don't necessarily put stars in the NBA, but they put a lot of 3 and D guys in the NBA who can get paid. And that is a big sales point, as it was for Ryan Dunn returning and Reese Speakman as well. We spoke with them at the ACC basketball tip-off. If you really want to dig deep into the archives, just remember... And guess what? We keep receipts. We do at Fast Lane Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts so that you can check that out if you want to scroll back multiple months. But that's who Virginia is. And it's part of what they've established themselves. And Tony Bennett said that's as big of a reason as any is why they beat Miami last night is they have established hustle, connectivity, and playing into a lot of these buzzwords that are big in college basketball right now. Yeah, no, I think we've established some things. You know, it's, it's just about execution and hustle and confidence. It really is. You said it. And, you know, we'll play a team next in Florida State who's a different kind of team on the road, the way they their size, their depth, how they switch everything. And every opponent presents a different kind of challenge. But, um, but you know, I said our, our defense has to travel. That, that has to be a constant for us, and we got to keep figuring out ways. But there is a rotation in these last few games um, where we're going about nine deep and getting good lifts from you know most everyone and so that's been important I think in this run and you just keep chasing quality that's what we've talked about a lot Tony Bennett just keep chasing quality 
I mean, it, it, that message, message again, it, I think there's the value of having lost games early in the year if you can coach and figure out what you did wrong and correct it because you've got that learning point of, hey, let's just focus on chasing quality, being the best versions of ourselves. I mean, we've heard this in so many different press conferences. It's kind of comical from all sorts of sports and athletes, but the, the reason why is it's an easier sales point if you're Virginia. And yes, let's not kid ourselves. We mentioned it earlier, but... That defense, as much as it may be aesthetically challenging to watch the games, it's part of Virginia's resurgence. That's been part of this resurgence of our team this year. Our defense has gotten a little more stingy and a little more connected. And it, it's something, though, that the saying says the defense never rests. The second you think you have it defensively, it's gone. And you have to just you know, have a, an iron will and a mindset in how you practice and how these guys will approach it. And the choice is all of ours and theirs. Will they continue on in this path? Because they found an identity, and it has to stick that way. Found an identity, and it has to stick that way. It's so easy to at least reinforce that, and that's one of the biggest parts that you get out of what Virginia and the the Cavaliers have been able to accomplish, and to their ever-loving credit, they certainly deserve as much as they're getting right now with the way they're playing high-quality basketball. Speaking of high-quality, high-quality products await you at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Are you looking to bust the February slump? Are you looking to take that special someone out to a wonderful meal? Yamada Japanese Barbecue is a wonderful experience. I don't know if those gift cards are up just yet, but if not, they are coming soon again to InsaneRadioDeals.com because we have been discussing that behind the scenes. So go ahead, visit InsaneRadioDeals.com. Load up on items that can make it special for you and your special someone. And the cool thing is there's also the Rivermont Pizza Experience, which that's a different kind of slump buster. You need to get out and hang out with your friends and watch the game in a really cool environment. They've got, of course, the beer garden as well or the beer shop they have at Rivermont Pizza. You can go in and grab some to go. Plus, great pizza, great drinks, Rivermont Pizza. It is the spot. My wife and I love going there, especially when we had, before we had kids, but it's one of those fun spots to go hunker down when it's in you know mid to late February and just enjoy a late afternoon and evening on the Saturday especially of watching some college basketball. Rivermont Pizza and you can get those gift certificates at InsaneRadioDeals.com. We're going to juggle things just a smidge here in the fast lane, but we will get to Candy Waller live from Radio Row talking whatever is going on out there in Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, as well as some other topics that we get to address right now here in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Syracuse University, for no specific reasons, dismissing Benny Williams from the basketball program. Um, Expect to see more of this this time of year. Uh, if we said this last year and we're repeating ourselves, please forgive me. But this is also the time of year where you get players that may not want to be with the program for a longer period of time and coaches where you can have a real good identity of what your program is. And if a player fits in or doesn't fit in, talent or culture-wise, and I know it's harder to establish that now more than ever with the transfer portal, but you can at least take the proactive measure of dismissing a player from the program if they're not meeting what you want. And it seemed like something has been amiss at times with Syracuse. We have highlighted the fact that they have had some just embarrassing road losses in ACC play. 
Wake Forest this past weekend. A few weekends ago, it was North Carolina. At the beginning of December, it was at Virginia. This is a Syracuse team that, to an extent, they are a paper orange. And that is one that looks real good and juicy. And then you peel back and you realize, wait, there is no juice to this team right now against teams and in spots where they absolutely need to get it done. But this is also the type of move where if a guy's not contributing that way, you can certainly move things around and enhance the probability that that changes. Number four. Speaking of player empowerment, this is as big a sign as any that player empowerment is coming to college athletics. It's another one of these under-the-radar stories that yesterday the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB as they're known, ruled that Dartmouth men's basketball players are in fact employees of Dartmouth and are allowed to go forward with an election to create a union. Again, once again, I've given my political stance on the concept of unions that initially they're great in theory, but often become obsolete over time because they wear out their purpose, which then becomes the people in charge of the unions trying to justify keeping their job and making sure they keep the coffer of many dollar dollar bills, y'all coming into them. And there's no way for people to give the old other Kenny Powers treatment. You're bleeping out woo to them, even if they kind of need it. So here's the reality, though. This is more evidence of the groundwork being laid that college athletes at some point will be in a union status and be able to be classified as employees of colleges with labor relations. Again, I don't love the direction that college athletics has gone. And there are more angles that we will certainly uncover in the next couple days because I've heard some real fascinating developments in college sports that worth monitoring and worth bringing up. But the National Labor Relations Board saying that this is in fact the case, it's the old P word. It's precedent. And it what could be diminished precedent gets the NCAA into a spot where they have to defend their model once again, which already the NCAA has faced harsh criticism from the Supreme Court, that that model will actually hold up in a court of law. Expect this to be another step. And ultimately, blame the players all you want, blame the union, but blame more than anything the elected officials in charge of college sports who cared more about guarding their desk, a phrase popularized by our guy Michael Lombardi, Super Bowl winning NFL executive, as opposed to what's actually right and what might actually make more joint sense. But when you absolve responsibility, this is how we get to a situation like this. Number three. Speaking of the NCAA and their grand guard your desk syndrome that we love to mention. The NCAA, they have hit back at the Commonwealth of Virginia and at Tennessee in their antitrust lawsuit. This is the most comical comment, though. The NCAA has said that the states of Virginia and the Commonwealth of Virginia, uh, Commonwealth of Virginia, quote, threatened to throw college sports into disarray with their lawsuit, arguing that the NIL rules violate antitrust law, end quote. Oh, wait, that's what's going to throw it into chaos? Not the people in charge at the NCAA failing to actually do something about this? I mean, give me a break. This is the most ridiculous thing you could imagine. You're sitting there trying to convince me, if you're the NCAA, that states suing the NCAA about how NIL laws operate. Granted, it's an easy, soft layup because every fan base can unite around the politicians that are advocating for this. And of course, that helps with them getting votes and they are elected officials after all. But let's not kid ourselves. This does not really threaten to throw the NCAA 
college sports model into disarray. It's the lack of leadership by those in charge that actually have thrown that model into disarray. And that's why we are where we actually are. Number two. Asked last week about the possibility of NASCAR taking the Clash, the season opening exhibition race, to Mexico City, President Steve O'Donnell has noted that they are in talks with Mexico and Canada about possible races, but he would not, quote, put it at just Mexico as a possibility, end quote. This according to Adam Stern of Sports Business Journal. So truthfully, if you're looking at a February exhibition race for NASCAR, let's use some common sense here. Well, NASCAR wants to get into Canada as well. And there is a theory that NASCAR tried the last couple of years, but just could not pull it off. Do you think, Trey, that NASCAR would make it into Canada in, oh, I don't know, June or July? Or, wait for it, February, where what happens in Canada in February? Yeah, that's a bad idea. <laughs> Lots of snow. Snow and ice. You think rain tires are amusing? Try ice tires and snow tires. Good luck with that. The drivers would actually protest that and totally justifiably so. This is a great idea, though. If you're NASCAR, this is absolutely phenomenal to actually shop this event around. It's an exhibition for crying out loud. Nothing more, nothing less than just that. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. One more note on NASCAR and The Clash, as there is some other news in sports. We'll get to this tomorrow in the Fast Five at Five-ish. FS1 got 1.5 million viewers for the Saturday night Bush Clash at the LA Coliseum. Down from the first edition, new car smell of that, of course, in 2022, 4.3 million viewers. Last year's edition, 3.6 million viewers. So I'll actually say this, Trey, and I, I expected the number to be down for NASCAR. They go back Still to LA, so. <laughs> the novelty wears off. But yes, to, to get to your point, as you do what I've done so recently. Yeah, it's your fault. Blame me. It's okay, no, Trey. No, I'm not. It is your fault. Hey, look, if listeners want to go back, there is ample evidence at Fastlane, Ed Lamer, you listen to podcasts because. And guess what? We keep receipts. We do right there that I have coughed last week in the Fastlane. But for NASCAR to get one and a half million viewers for a Saturday night event where you have four hours notice, this is shorter notice than that infamous Coastal BYU football game. Remember when Liberty had to cancel back in 2020 their trip to Coastal because of COVID that BYU filled in on a Wednesday for a game that took place on Saturday? Actually, it was a, a phenomenal game. Zach Wilson, back when he was actually a competent quarterback, was at Coastal back when they had a uh, coach that could win games. Oh, wait, he's now at Liberty University now, Jamie Chadwell. But... That was the the wildest I remember of short scheduling outside of the NFL moving dates around. But the NFL is different. This is NASCAR's exhibition race. To get one and a half million viewers straight, I think it's actually a coup for NASCAR. They got a million and a half with four hours notice and what should have been a practice window on a Saturday night. And I know I watched it and you watched it because we're NASCAR people and we cover it and follow it. And you obviously do for FrontStretch.com and we do in the fast lane. But as much as I'll bag on NASCAR in a lot of cases, I think they hit a home run with how they were able to somehow get a million and a half viewers on four hours notice. Yeah, it was the only choice um, to be <laughs> to be uh, to be honest. So, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, yeah, that was that was the only choice that they had to make. Uh, just go look at the news of what's happening in LA right now. 
it, it was the only choice. We will defer you, of course, to the VTR in Roanoke or the Virginia's talk station app in Lynchburg if you want the updates on what all is happening in the rest of the world, including Los Angeles. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. When we return here in the Fast Lane, more developments that we have not fully addressed, like the new Washington Commanders offensive coordinator. Heck, their new head coach, Dan Quinn. We have touched on that to an extent. We'll get thoughts from Candy Waller, Washington Commanders reporter as well as a friend of ours who is out in Vegas on Radio Row for Bowie TV. She joins us next here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.